Hello, everyone, and welcome to ODC Ministries podcast, Conversations with Pastor ODC. We are so happy that you are part of our listening audience, and we invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be the first to learn of new episodes we produce. You can find our podcast on Google Music Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and other podcast platforms. We also want to remind you to like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, ODC TV, and visit our website at www.pastorodc.com. Today, I would like to talk to you about trusting the God who handles the details. One of my favorite hymns is We'll Understand It Better by and by. There's a verse in that hymn that states, Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he guides us with his eye, and we follow till we die. We'll understand it better by and by. So many times, I don't quite understand the ways God leads me to my, quote, promised land. When I look around, it just doesn't look like where he's taking me. Honestly, I don't get confused on the way. I'm confused before the journey even gets started. I have a conversation with God that goes a little something like this. You're taking me where? You're calling me to do what? Are you serious? Are you talking to me? How? I mean, it sounds good, but how is that possible? That's funny, huh? I'm sitting there asking the omnipotent God who makes the impossible possible how he's going to make something possible. And while I'm standing there paralyzed and pondering the master plan of the master, asking for some overview of the journey or a turn-by-turn route that is based on the quickest route without much traffic, with a quick estimated time of arrival, you know, I'm asking for some type of divine GPS. It is then that God simply and gently whispers in my ear, let me handle the details. And sometimes, while even traveling along this journey with God, certain terms just seem unnecessary. The route can seem to be out of the way, and the scenery is quite scary. And you say, God told me this, then why am I dealing with that? And again, God whispers in our ears and says, let me handle the details. This is what we learn when we consider the life of David. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 10 through 13, we see David being anointed to be the next king of Israel. Listen as I read this text aloud. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. In this text, Samuel has been sent by God to a man by the name of Jesse House to anoint the next king of Israel. When he gets there, Jesse parades his sons according to his evaluations of their potential. 
He presents seven young, strong, smart, vibrant men. And Samuel says to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen either of these. And Jesse is sitting there with a perplexed look on his face because he thought for sure one of these seven strong men of valor would be God's choice to be the next king of Israel. Finally, in verse 11, Samuel says to Jesse, are all of your sons here? And Jesse has to finally admit that, no, there's one who I have not brought in. There's one whom I have not presented. But he's just the youngest, and he's out back keeping the sheep. Samuel then tells Jesse that you must bring him in, for we will not sit down until he comes. The Bible says that when Jesse sends for David, he comes in, and he's described as being Rudy with beautiful eyes and handsome. He probably smells a little bit. Perhaps musty, or as my family would say, smell like the outdoors. And he comes in, and when Samuel sees him, the Lord tells Samuel to arise and anoint him, for he is the one I've chosen. He's the next king of Israel. Can you imagine what's going through David's head? He comes in on what seems to be a carefully orchestrated event to which he had not received an invitation. He comes from outside with sheep. He's not looking his best, definitely not smelling his best, and yet God says he is the one. And he hears that he has been chosen by God to be the next king of Israel. Can you imagine what's going on in David's mind? The next king of Israel? How is this possible? How can I, the youngest of eight boys, who is simply a shepherd of the family sheep. I have no experience in battle, no experience with diplomatic relations, no experience as dealing with heads of state, and now God has chosen me to be the next king. David is perhaps looking like you and I look when God invites us on a journey or when God calls us to something that we don't seem quite qualified for or something that we don't see as being possible. Are you serious? Are you talking to me? Now, surely David had reason to be somewhat speculative about this new call, or this journey that God has called him to take with him. There are several obstacles that are in David's way that make it seem impossible for him to be the next king of Israel. Here are a few. First, Saul. That's right. The throne is not vacant. Saul is still the king, and Saul is still alive and well, and believe it or not, Saul is popular amongst the people. But not only is there an occupant on the throne, there are also Saul's sons who are in line of secession. So David is sitting and saying, how is this even possible? And later on, there's another problem that arises. Saul has a salty attitude toward David. That's right. Saul is jealous of David. And now David has to deal with all of these obstacles that make it seem impossible for him to be who God calls him to be and get to where God has told him he was going. And then David perhaps hears where you and I can hear God gently and also warmly. Say in our ears, trust me with the details. David is sitting there saying, man, 
My own daddy didn't think I was worthy of even the opportunity of having the possibility of being next king. And God says, trust me with the details. He's also saying, God, nobody knows me. I mean, all I do is get up and go in the backyard and guard a few sheep. And God is saying, trust me with the details. And David also is saying, what about Saul? And what about Saul's sons who are strong and vibrant? Saul's regime seems to be well-oiled regime and well-established for years and years to come. And God still simply says, trust me with the details. You see, God does not tell David everything. He just simply wants David to trust what he has said to him, to trust whom he's calling him to be. The question has to be, why doesn't God give David more details? Why doesn't God give David some type of map that lays out for him how he's going to make the impossible possible? Well, I suggest that God does not give David the details because God does not want David to misunderstand the details. That's right. Because this journey is going to include some terms that David will think are unnecessary. There's going to be some scenes that will be quite scary as David will see Saul literally throw a javelin at his head. There's going to be some roundabout routes where David even has to flee for his very own life. God does not give David the details because if he did, he would misunderstand them. Is it possible that you are sitting there pondering what God is calling you to do or pondering what God has promised to do in your life because you want more details and God won't give them to you because you may misunderstand them and doubt what he said? But not only that, when we look around, David goes on the journey and eventually David becomes the king. The second question is, why was David able to trust God with the details? You know how we do. We trust God for a little while. And then over time, if things aren't going our way, we began to snatch the plans from God and try to make it happen ourselves. We began to try to strategically plan a way to have our way instead of just simply trusting God and walking by faith and not by sight, we decide that the details are better if we have them and if we are in control and calling the shots. Why was David able to trust God with the details and not try to make something happen himself? The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And I believe this is the key to being able to trust God with the details of your life. You see, David is not focused on the throne. His heart is for the one who sits on the heavenly throne. David is not focused on being the king. David is focused on growing closer to the king of kings. David is not focused on a destination. David is just simply enjoying a journey that he's taking with God and seeing how God is working in the details to make all things work together for his good. David recognizes that I'm not worried about how God is going to do it. I just know who God is, and I trust God to bring what he promises to pass. 
Subsequently, he just spends his time seeking God and allowing God to work out the details. Is that what God is asking you to do right now? You may be listening to me and you're saying, well, God promised me this and God told me he was going to do this. But right now, it just doesn't look like it. Right now, I'm in a very scary place. And right now, I'm very uncomfortable. And I'm almost ready to throw in the towel and give up on what God told me that he would do in my life. Maybe you're too focused on the end instead of enjoying the journey. Maybe you are just focused on getting the promise instead of falling in love with the one who gave you the promise. Seek God's heart. Follow him with all of your might. Love on God and allow God to mature you and develop you and grow you through the journey and through the details because he will use the details to prepare you for your destination. Be after God's heart and God would handle all the details that come along with your life's journey. He will keep his word. He will fulfill his promise. He will make sure that the details are taken care of. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for being such a detail-oriented God. And Lord, we know that oftentimes you call us to do things that we think are impossible. Well, help us to trust you and know that you will navigate us along the journey. And we can trust you with every minute detail. And Lord, sometimes when we're walking by faith and not by sight, we honestly get in places where we're just scared and it just don't seem like things are going to unfold and things are going to work out. But Lord, we know that you're sovereign and you're omnipotent and you have all power. And so we ask you, Lord, to help us to trust you with the details, even in the scary areas of our lives. And lastly, Lord, we pray that we will all seek you, seek your person. Seek your presence, love on you, and allow you to develop us and mature us and not get so caught up in where you're taking us, but to enjoy you as you take us there. Thank you, Lord, for being a God who we can trust with the details. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that you will continue to follow our podcast. Until next time, God bless you. Bye-bye.